Zondervan presents Not a Fan, Becoming a Completely Committed Follower of Jesus, by Kyle Eidelman, read by the author. It's Thursday afternoon, and I'm sitting in the church sanctuary. It's empty now, but Easter is only a few days away. More than 30,000 people will likely come to the weekend services, and I have no idea what I'm going to say to them. I can feel the pressure mounting as I sit there hoping that a sermon will come to mind. I look around at the empty seats hoping some inspiration will come. Instead, there's just more perspiration. I wipe the sweat off my brow and look down. This sermon needs to be good. There are some people who only come to church on Christmas and Easter. We call them Creasters. I want to make sure they all come back. What could I say to get their attention? How can I make my message more appealing? Is there something creative I could do that would be a big hit and get people talking? Still, nothing. There is a Bible in the chair in front of me. I grab it. I can't think of a scripture to turn to. I've spent my life studying this book, and I can't think of one passage that will wow the creasters. I consider using it the way I did as a kid, kind of like a magic eight ball. You ask a question, open up the Bible, and point on the page, and whatever it says answers your question. Finally, a thought crosses my mind. I wonder what Jesus taught whenever he had the big crowds. What I discovered would change me forever. Not just as a preacher, but as a follower of Christ. I found that when Jesus had a large crowd, he would most often preach a message that was likely to cause them to leave. In that empty sanctuary, I read one such occasion in John chapter 6. Jesus is addressing a crowd that is likely grown to more than 5,000 people. Jesus has never been more popular. Word had spread about his miraculous healings and his inspirational teaching. The crowd of thousands has come to cheer him on. After a full day of teaching, Jesus knows the people are getting hungry, and so he turns to his disciples and asks what all these people will do for food. One of the disciples, Philip, tells Jesus that even with eight months' wages, it wouldn't be enough money to buy bread for every person to just have one bite. From Philip's perspective, there really wasn't anything that could be done. But another disciple, Andrew, has been scanning the crowd, and he tells Jesus of a boy who has five loaves of bread and two small fish. Jesus takes the boy's sack lunch, and with it he feeds the entire crowd. In fact, the Bible tells us that even after everyone had their fill, there was still plenty of food left over. After dinner, the crowd decides to camp out for the night so they can be with Jesus the next day. These are some big-time fans of Jesus. The next morning, when the crowd wakes up, they're hungry again. They look around for Jesus, a.k.a. their meal ticket, but he's nowhere to be found. These fans are hoping for an encore performance... Eventually, they realize that Jesus and his disciples have crossed over to the other side of the lake. By the time they catch up to Jesus, they're starving. They've missed their chance to order breakfast, and they are ready to find out what's on the lunch menu. But Jesus has decided to shut down the all-you-can-eat buffet. He's not handing out any more free samples. And in verse 26, Jesus says to the crowd, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Jesus knows that these people are not going to all the trouble and sacrifice because they are trying to follow him, but because they want some free food. Was it Jesus they wanted, or were they only interested in what he could do for them? In verse 35, Jesus offers himself, but the question is, would that be enough? It says, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. 
He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Suddenly, Jesus is the only thing on the menu. The crowd has to decide if he will satisfy or if they are hungry for something more. Here's what we read at the end of the chapter. John 6, verse 66. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Many of the fans turn and go home. I was struck by the fact that Jesus doesn't chase after them. He doesn't soften his message to make it more appealing. He doesn't send the disciples chasing after them with a creative handout inviting them to come back for a build-your-own-Sunday ice cream social. He seems okay with the fact that his popularity has plummeted. As I sat in the sanctuary surrounded by thousands of empty seats, here's what became clear to me. It wasn't the size of the crowd Jesus cared about. It was their level of commitment. I put the Bible back.